Are you doing this work to facilitate growth or to become famous? Which is more important? I fuck with what y'all got going on and what y'all represent. You know what I'm saying? We want people to leave greater than they came. We want people to leave with an aha moment. Because black people don't like going to therapy. Right. Y'all made therapy cool. Yeah. And you got an elder on social media talking about relationships. Like, that's not something we see all the time in it. The concept of it, you know what I'm saying, basically address a lot of issues that, you know what I'm saying, our community got. Toxic traits, you know what I'm saying, past trauma. And it ain't shoved down your throat in a, in a you know, politically correct way. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of scrolling. If I can go to Shade Room, I can go to Full Circle TV. You know everything come full circle. I just so love watch it come full circle. And I can never let that bad vibes inside my circle, no. Hey fam, welcome back to season two of Relationship Goals, the podcast, where our goal is to encourage our listeners to do the work, have those hard conversations, and cultivate healthier relationships. In season two, we're going to meet four couples. These four couples are navigating through life as parents, entrepreneurs, and even blended families. This week, the Evans, Ewings, Copenings, and Vasquez sit down with us to talk about their upbringing and how that impacted their love life. Let's jump right into the episode. It was like nobody, uh, nobody was really Team Lewis right away to be a hundred with you. We got the magic happening. Girl, the feeling is great and I'm loving it. Hey, we got the magic happening. Everything that we need, everything that we beg, girl, the magic's happening. And the feeling is great, and this feeling is great, girl, the magic happening, happening, it's happening, yeah. My mama told him when she first seen him, because I guess because his hair was long and he was driving a Cadillac, she was like, I just want to let you know, ain't no, I'm the only pimp around this motherfucker. Ain't no other pimps. So don't be coming around here trying to pimp my daughter. And then my nieces, when he came down the stairs, my niece is like, you trying to date Jesus, bro? Like, that's what you want? Like, we, so this is what we going with? So my family was very blunt and um, very rude. It, took, it, it didn't take long. They wasn't messing with him at all. It, like, to, to start off to be a hundred, like they weren't. It was like, it was like nobody, uh, Nobody was really Team Lewis right away to be a hundred with you. Um, her dad was funny though. It was just like, if this your woman, why her car not clean? Or you know what I'm saying? Like, and she'd be funny and be like, go in there and call, call, say ma, I want to. And I'm like, I'm not calling your mom, mom. Like the first conversation we have, it's like it's not even a high or none of that. And I think she knew me from Potawatomi. Like, no, you think you pimping or something? You're not pimping. And eventually, everybody got to know me, and it was it was different. But to start off, no, I think. Yeah, it was it was uh it was funny that perception of that that the family had for me to start off compared to like what they ended up eventually finding out it was though. So yeah. my dad's initial reaction to Roy, um <laughs> this day, because it was very, very hot outside. If you can see he has all these tattoos, but his whole entire chest is filled with tattoos. And he had on a gray beater. <laughs> He came up the front stairs, up the front porch, and he came in. And when I saw him, I was like, oh. In my head, I was like, my daddy is not about, he gonna say something. He's going to say something about these tattoos. So I got a few tattoos, and my dad, you know, he got something to say because he is very old-fashioned. 
So yeah, when I saw him come up, I was like, Jesus Christ, he is about my. If my daddy come out this room and see him, he gonna be like. <laughs> so yeah, he um. So yeah, he came over and then I, yeah, my dad was. He must have just came outside or something. So her mom initiated. Oh, I don't even remember this, honestly. And I'm just like, I'm looking at her mom's like, yo, let me go get a shirt. You know, oh, you good? She, her mom, like, oh, you good? You good? You good? I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So she took me in the back where her dad would be at, and her dad got this little back room where it's his room and it used to be my old chair. bedroom. Yeah, he yeah. got this little recliner chair. So he got everything set up in the room. So basically, when you walk in the room, he got his back turned because the, the chair is, and then the TV is in front of. So when you walk in, you see the TV, but you see his back turned because he's sitting in the chair. So he got a light. So, yeah. So he, her mom come in. Hey, Bobby, I got somebody who, who want to meet you. This is Annika's friend. I'm glad she didn't say boyfriend because that would have like just threw it off. Like... <laughs> But she said, friend, you know, he uh, he rocking. Then he started rocking and looked back. I'm like, damn. He like, and then that's when she left the room. Mm. Left me in there by myself. And I'm just like, and you know, I kind of felt Annika like peeking around the corner. like, <laughs> What's going on? Trying to see what was going on. But I made sure I shook his hand like with a firm handshake or whatever. You know, I got I got much respect for her dad. Even when I didn't even know him, you know, but it was different, man. Like, I was scared. I ain't never been scared of no man like that before. <laughs> like, because, I don't know, maybe that's the reason why I like, or I love you that much. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, yo, I don't do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't meet people and be nervous of meeting them. So, that, that was that. He came to the family barbecue. He instantly... Mad people talk. I'm looking for him. He playing spades. <laughs> he playing spades. So everybody liked him. Everybody liked him. They said he was a good guy for me, knowing my past relationship. So everybody liked him, and no one had anything negative. They loved how he was with my children and things like that. And he just clicked. We clicked. Man, I think the same same thing is true. Um, with Jackie, I remember one time my aunt had passed away and I went to the, the, the liquor store run for the family. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna leave my lady here with all my cousins. And everybody that know, you know your cousins in them. Don't, stop, you know your cousins in them. So you left them with your cousin. And when I came back in the house, like I'm bringing in people orders, chips for the kids, you know, other stuff for other people. They like, man, cuz. Yo, girl is a beast. I'm like, what happened? I'm walking in, people high-fiving me. What happened? She took 10 shots, and she's still standing. This is a record in the we'll family. We're playing drunk Uno. It was drunk Uno. It was said, drunk Uno. I came back in. Bet you all right? I'm good. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I, you, got, you got to be a part of the crew now. You have to be now, because because they pretty much told me, like, you can't go find nobody else now. This is the one right here. And when they did that, that's how I knew, like, I got to put a ring on that one one day. That's my baby. My my family's initial impression on Amanda, they thought she was a, re a really good girl. She, uh, when she first started coming around, she really didn't talk that much. Uh, she was, she was super, like, courteous and had manners and all that type of stuff. But she didn't do a whole lot of conversing with you unless you, you kind of keep pulling. You have to keep pulling 
conversation out of her. But for the most <coughs> part, they could already mm-hmm. tell that um, she was on a, she was on the right track. She had the right the right foundation, parents, etc., to be able to uh, keep me together. <laughs> so, at the ages that we started dating, um, you really don't have any baggage. So it's really like you look good to each other's one another's parents and families until you do something wrong. Um, so I think for both of us. Our fam, we, our parents and families really liked both of us. So um, we didn't really have those issues. I would say the one thing um, that my parents were kind of hesitant about, and he kind of touched on this, is coming from a household of divorce. So my dad was like, you know, that's something that you need to be mindful of um, as far as with divorce rates and that influences in the household. And I'm like, yeah, but I still want to date him. So. Like, if anything, that was the one negative um, that never was an issue for us. I had a two-parent household my whole life. Um, my mother and father have always been married since I, forever when I knew. But um, so for me, like, my mom and them dancing together off of old school music, they used to bop. I love to see, I used to love to watch them bop. Like to this day, my dad has passed away now, but to this day, my mom bops. I wish I knew how to bop because she always want me to bop with her and she always make me look stupid on the dance floor. But I still do it because that's my mama. But romance for, for them was more, it was, it was very um, less material than it is nowadays and more actual moments, like memory moments of, them just laughing together, kicking it together, and just not, they didn't need nothing else. They just needed them. Yeah, and that's really dope. I'll be honest. I mean, I seen that coming um, and meeting Rachel, even having to help her dad get up to dance with her mom uh, was super dope. My family was a lot different. Uh, my parents were divorced. We stayed with my mom for a while, then we stayed with my dad. So in both situations, uh, my parents were dating like the entire time uh my mom eventually ended up getting married after we left so um romance for that was a little bit different uh she didn't allow us to see as much uh when i stayed with my mom you know and as a mother i think a lot of times you protect your kids um or kind of shield them from whatever you're doing as far as your dating stuff goes um so i didn't know how that looked with my dad when i moved with my dad it was uh you know typical like bachelor you know he was a kind of like a player and uh <laughs> kind of still is a player and he just kind of did his thing so uh romance was a lot different it wasn't like one woman one man kind of deal it was uh real real fluid up until i was in the sixth grade my parents were married um, at the sixth sixth grade they divorced but i was able to witness them um do a lot they traveled a lot my dad was definitely the uh he he felt like just the the main man in the house the main man in the house I, he was a tough lover but at the same time i seen them spend a lot of good time you know together um after they divorced which brought me to the school where i met amanda um i was able to see my parents remarry and both be happy with people that make them happy uh specifically my my stepdad and my mom um, I was able to see true happiness in my mom. Um, they are true best friends. They hang out like they are still 17. 
Um, they starting to slow down a little bit now, but it took a long time. Seriously. I mean, even to the point where we was hanging out with them, you know? And so, um, yeah, even to this day, they are best friends. They don't hang out with nobody else. It's just them all the time. They travel, they, they date all the time, every weekend, sometimes twice a week. Um, so yeah, that's them. Biggest things that affected me from previous relationship and just moving forward was just my own my own conscience. Like it wasn't about her. It was more so about me knowing the things I have done in my past and now I'm ready to be that person to receive that type of love from someone and I'm very fearful that my actions may be reciprocated upon me. And I understood that that was my own personal insecurity that I was reflecting upon her, which was very unfair, but it was something that I took from my past relationships of hearing people tell me they loved me and things like that, then knowing that the other choices that they were still choosing to make and even myself. So I couldn't look at myself as being a righteous individual. I just, I had to take, take a step back and really evaluate was that really fair to her. So I think that was one of the biggest things I took from my past experiences and, and definitely, you know, projected upon her. Well, it was one particular thing that kind of struck me a little bit was the fact that in my last relationship, you know, she would go out a lot, you know, like go to clubs or whatever. So when me and Annika started, you know, fooling around, that was kind of like a similar thing. She was going out a lot, which uh-huh. I understood. Yeah. You know, she would get in the clubs for free and stuff of that nature. So, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, once we got a little serious, that's when I had to, you know, talk to her, have that talk like, yo, we getting serious. You know, we should start doing other things besides going to the club every weekend. So, that's when we started going out on dates and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, and when that started happening, that's when we started you know, knowing things about each other or finding out about, you know, stuff like, you know how I'm trying to say. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we got to know each other a little better once we started, like, actually taking our dates, going on dates, yeah. and, you know, just straight away from that club a little bit. In one of my past relationships, the fact that the person wasn't, I couldn't really be around the family like that um, because of the child. Um, well, baby mama. Um, that was a big thing. I was like, no, we we can't do that. And I felt, I was very uncomfortable um, in the past relationship. So I just was like, in this relationship, this is something that I just, I can't. Like the next, I was like, I have to be, uh, I have to be able to be around your family for holidays, um, you know, and being able to just interact with them without him. Um, and not just only with you or, you know, it got to be like someone watching what I'm saying or they watching what they saying because they don't want to, you know, slip up and say something you've been doing. So um, that was something that I kind of I wasn't um, uneasy about because I, I early on I learned about his family and like I got to like really be around his family and see how they were. But yeah. With with him, that's not a problem at all. But that was something when I was, you know, when we were dating, that I was like, I, it, I don't want to feel uneasy about. So I carried a few insecurities, and um, at the time, I didn't even know they were insecurities. Um, I had been with someone in high school, off and on for most of my high school years, 
and thought that was like my it love. So um, I brought trust issues, um, insecurities. Like I didn't think I was like good enough. Um, he would tell me I was attractive, but I'm like, yeah, you think every girl that you sleep with is attractive. Like nigga, you didn't slept with a lot of people. Um, what? Not like that, but I'm just saying that's what I, that's how I used to think. That's how I used to think. Um, yeah, but um, the insecurities of just not feeling enough and then insecurities of him not being, that I projected on him to not be as good as my dad, that I felt like my dad was to my mom. Um, I always wanted a man like my father um, and I didn't know who could actually live up to that standard. Just an insecurity, not a bad insecurity, but I, I've I've grown to embrace it, was being dark-skinned. Um, being a dark-skinned woman um, is very, it's, you know, <laughs> melanin, you know, all that is going on now. And being a dark-skinned woman, it can be, it's hard. Um, because you think that people look at you like, she ain't cute, or she cute to be a dark-skinned girl. I hate when people say that. But I'll be like, thanks, like, that's a backward-ass compliment. Like, come on, you know, don't do that to me. But, and the fact that he's, you know, he, he's a little light bright. But <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even have, like, a type or anything. I just, honestly, people were always lighter than me that I dated. So, um, I, I knew he didn't. I know he loved me because of my skin and he loved everything about me, but that is still something where you'd be like, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of an underlying insecure, like a, a, a skin complex, you know, being a little girl, people didn't, not that I cared about if a boy wanted to talk to me, but I have cousins who are lighter than me. They want to talk to them first, you know? So that is something, you know, just that he loved my skin. He loved my brown skin. Um, I'm thankful for, but that is one. I was very insecure about my teeth. Um, that was really it. That was really the biggest thing for me. So going into high school with braces, I'm like, this is a new world. And I have been crushing on Harry since sixth grade. So the fact that braces got him to notice me in a different way, I was like, oh, okay. So that was it for me. Uh, for me to be honest, I was just a kid that was always kind of popular and I didn't have any insecurities. I felt like the man. I ain't gonna lie to you. I I never felt any type of way um, as it comes to being in relationships and having any type of insecurities. I was just whoever, the 16 year old me. Uh, and I was a kid that was just in love with ball and, and loved girls. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it was it was a upperclassman couple that uh, went to high school with us. I just I liked the way they had things set up. I think it was partially because I had a crush on the girl, but at the same time, I liked it because he was a hooper and she was just the pretty girl and just was always around, always supportive of him. And um, I thought that that was cool. So yeah, fast forward. I don't know how many years, 10, 15 years, that couple is back together and they have a kid together. So it was a little bit something special about them, I would say. Um, I would say my relationship goals growing up would have been my parents. Um, living in the house with them and just 
seeing how they interact and being able to raise a family and now being in adulthood and seeing how challenging that it can be, um, it makes it even more special to be like, they really put in work to be able to stay married for 30 plus years, have three children, and we're basically living a similar life, being um, together now all over 16 years and having three children, trying to navigate parenthood and keeping our relationship spicy or however you want to say it. Um, it's, it's, I would say that's a relationship goal, my, my parents. A woman's intuition is usually never wrong. And coming to find out Maurice was talking to someone else. And Maurice decided to leave me for that woman. We got the magic happening. Got a feeling it's great and I'm loving it. Hey, we got the magic happening. Everything Relationship Goals, the podcast, is a full-circle television production recorded in Everyday Media Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our audio engineer is Dooch, and our executive producers are Marcus and Kayla Lewis-Adlin. Our production assistant is G, and music is by J.R. Simulton. Don't forget, if you're only listening to the podcast, there's so much more to see on FullCircleTelevision.com. Log on to experience Relationship Goals, the series, in a whole new way. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Full Circle Television.